head over to miniaturemarket.com where they have thousands of board games at discounted prices like Aftershock, San Francisco, and Venice. Hello my friends, it's the Game Boy Geek here. Today there's been an earthquake and there's gonna be some aftershocks. So we're gonna be building bridges and trying to go from certain areas to other areas running away from the aftershocks. Today we're taking a look at a game called Aftershock from Stronghold Games. This is co-designed by Alan R. Moon, the one who brought us Ticket to Ride, which I love. So let's check out how this game works and I'll see you on just one more round. Then whoever has the most points at the end is the winner. All right, well, let's first talk about what I liked about Aftershock. Uh, this game combines different gaming mechanisms seamlessly. So let's go through the different ones it sort of weaves into this, what I'm calling a masterpiece here. Uh, it has a closed economy, using money that you're going to be using to purchase cards and you know, use bridges, meaning running across other players' bridges, as I showed in the overview. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that way because no more money gets infused in after the beginning of the game, and you're going to be spending money sometimes to the bank, sometimes to other players when you're buying cards from them, or sometimes to other players when you're running on their bridges. And certain people are going to have a certain amount of money, and at the end of the round, that, that money comes back in from the bank evenly. So it's nothing else gets infused in, and I like that closed economy there. Now, speaking of that, you're going to be using that money in the auctions. And this auction style works really well. It keeps everybody engaged, uh, because when you pass, you know, you might not have any money, or you might not have a, a good move to make, and you might pass, but then someone else might buy a card from you, giving you more money, allowing you to now have new decisions, new things that you can do, and then you want to come back in. And it keeps everyone engaged because everyone's hoping that someone might give them more money so they can have just another turn. They're thinking about what might happen when that, you know, when they do get another influx of cash. Uh, and I like that. It, it just it keeps the game moving, uh, and it, it doesn't bog down. And you're always interested in what's going on in the auctions. You're also interested in what you don't want other players to buy from you because at the end you get to take one of those cards and put it back into your hand for free. I don't even know if I showed that in the overview, but that's a little rule there. Uh, you're hoping that players don't buy a certain card. You're, you're, you're kind of on edge there, and it has a little bit of tension. A lot of this game is simultaneous. You're, you're putting your meeples out there. You're building your bridges. You're, pl you're, you're planning your aftershocks. You're planning where your bridges are going to go. Uh, and a lot of that's done simultaneously, and I always like that in the game. It keeps the game moving. Area control. I love area control. This game does it really well. Deciding where to really have a knife fight, where you're really going big in against other players, and where can you try to just slip into with maybe one player and get a decent amount of points in maybe second or third place. Uh, the aftershocks are very interesting because at first it sounds like, well, these are just going to be played for bad reasons and you're going to be pushing other players out. Not always. Uh, because, first of all, if you do an aftershock and you force other players out, they might have pretty good options on where to go and beat you in other areas. Uh, so it might be best beneficial to actually aftershock and have your own players move, your own meeples move out, because sometimes you're like, well, you know what, I'm not going to win this one anyway, but if I shock myself out, I can go down here and get some points over here. I've already got a bridge. I can use it for free. So it's really interesting that you can use aftershock to like push other players out which sometimes ends up turning into things that you didn't think were going to happen. You really got to think things through. Or sometimes you can use it to help yourself. I think that's a really interesting thing of this whole Aftershock. I, I really love that idea. My favorite part about the game, the negotiating. I love negotiating in games. And this game, oh my gosh. When you're negotiating for the scoring markers and you're like, hey, you know what? You score this and I'll score this and we'll both be happy, right? And I'll do this for you. You scratch my back. I'll scratch your back. And it really has a feeling to one of my favorite negotiation area control games, Tammany Hall. And it has that feeling of that with this because it's non-binding. You need other players to help you. Um, but this plays in about half the time. Tammany Hall takes our group 
upwards of three hours sometimes to play that game. This one's, you know, depending on the amount of players, but it says 60 minutes on the box. It's probably going to be closer to 90 if you like to negotiate quite a bit, which we do. Uh, but the negotiation in this game is amazing. It's really the best part of this game for me. Now, all the other parts work really well. And even if the negotiation wasn't there, I'd say this was a good game. But I think the negotiation and the way that works, a lot of the hidden information takes that from being an okay or a good game to a fantastic game. Now, this game has above the table play, like the negotiation, and, and, and it really does take that to the next level. Overall, I really love this game. On the negative side of things, it can have some analysis paralysis when deciding aftershocks not necessarily where they're going to go that too but also even when you're aftershocking a place or you're shocking a place like it's like which of the two meeples do i want to push and you really have to think through all the things if i do this one they're probably going to move here Ooh, and they can move all the way up there because they've built a big network of bridges they can pay someone else so you can move pretty far with the aftershocks with bridges and paying other players to use their bridges uh, or do I shock my... And so sometimes it can really bog down a little bit, especially towards the end of the game where you're trying to figure out what should I do because there's a lot of things you got to figure out. And if you're being shocked, then you have to think, okay, now where am I going to go? If I go here, I get two... I'll get second place here and that will get me this many points. But if I go over here, I'll get this many points because I'll come in third. But if I spend a million to go all the way up here, I can get... You know, so there's a lot of thinking and sometimes that can bog the game down just a bit. It's a, it's a, it's a minor quibble for me. Uh, Non-binding agreements. I think they're fun. They're not for everybody. If you don't like it when, because at the end of this game, you're going to make a deal and you're going to get screwed. And it might, it might be the difference between you winning or losing. If you're not okay with that, then this isn't the game for you. Uh, and with that being said, because of the amount of teamwork you kind of need and the non-binding agreements and things like that, king making is possible where at some point someone else is going to decide which players are going to be moving out of an area and that can make or break the game for either one of them. And they can, even if they're not directly involved, they can sort of alter the end of the game. It's possible. And that can happen. So you want to keep that in check. But overall, for me and my group, we love this game. And for that reason, and for all these reasons, I am keeping it in my gaming library. It's getting inducted, which is hard to do these days. So for that, let's do it properly with a saxophone serenade. Did you miss the Game Topper 2.0 Kickstarter? Have no fear, it's not too late to get in on the ultimate gaming accessory. Convert your table into a high quality gaming table with a fully portable game topper system and take advantage of some of the best 3mm premium gaming mats in the industry. New styles, new sizes, and new accessories can be yours. Upgrade every game you play by late backing now at GameToppersLLC.com.